Hey guys, before we get started today, I wanted to remind you to check out NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. NBA Today at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on ESPN and the ESPN app. One app, one tap, also available as a podcast wherever you get your pods. Welcome back to the Minicom Show featuring Lenny, the only NFL podcast where one of the hosts thinks the longest yard is one he'd like to play in. That's Lenny. I'm Mina Kimes. <laughs> I always get a laugh out of you. That's Dominique Foxworth. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it works, but it works every time on me. It's not like it's funny laugh. It's like, wow, here we go. <laughs> wow. It's been a minute since you were on the show. I've been you've been so busy. Busy lighting I'm up the ESPN. Band. Don't lie. Don't shadow lie. I mean, you shadow banned me. <laughs> I don't know what I did to you, but uh, now you'll have me back when the rest of the network will likely shadow ban. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> um, it's Wednesday at 9.30 a.m. Pacific, 12.30 Eastern. Uh, you can search Dominique's name on Twitter. Um, <laughs> but you will never be shadow banned from this podcast, especially when we got a good slate of games to talk about. Uh, I chose a few. That so we're going into week seventeen. It's funny how the NFL added one week, but it feels like four hundred weeks, and I it can't does. believe. Right? It's like amazing. <laughs> Weird. I, I, yeah, I don't get it at all. It's blowing my mind because it does feel like. I know. Man, I know. Two more games. I know. Five more just, games. I, know. I don't know. I don't know when it'll ever end. But um, just kidding. Love the NFL. So, um, there these games are meaningful though. Uh, there's like. It, nothing is like locked in at this point. None of the seeds. I mean, some teams are, are locked into the playoffs, but there's ramifications for a zillion games this week. I chose a few of them. Um, and yeah, so I sent you a few games that I wanted to talk about. And I, before we get started, by the way, I, a quick mention, if you guys ever want to listen to me and Dominique and Pablo Torre <laughs> talking uh, about football they were before the weekend. Uh, we do uh, Debatable on Fridays, and you can get that audio as a podcast, too. Some people have asked, you know, like, ah, you're... no one's asked, actually. But you can go download it, and it's really good. We're not doing it this week, but it's every other, or it's every Friday, generally. And we'll be back next week, I think, unless Dominique abandoned me. Okay, the first game I want to talk about is Bengals-Chiefs. So... I think this is a great game because it feels like a heat check for both of these teams, which are kind of, certainly the Chiefs and, and the Bengals as well have a bit of momentum. So just a little bit of, play. I've been, I've been using the ESPN playoff machine. So the Chiefs can still lose the one seed if they lose this game and then the Titans win out against Miami and Houston, which is very possible. So this yeah. game matters for Kansas City. Yeah. And then for the Cincinnati they can lose this and still win the division, but they'd have to win week 18 against Cleveland. So this game matters for both sides. But I also think it just kind of matters. It, like I said, it's a heat check going into the playoffs right. because, you know, we're coming off of this like lights out Joe Burrow performance and the offenses look good for a while. But the Bengals have been, you know, inconsistent and the performance was against um, Ravens players I've never heard of. This is this is it. Like, I I think, let me put it this way. If Joe Burrow lights up Kansas City, my mentions after saying I'd still take Herbert are going to be a dumpster fire. Oh, good. So uh, you'll get more of that than me because I did a top five today that did not have Joe that did not have Joe Burrow in it. The question was, is he top five? So I ran through about seven quarterbacks that I would take before Ooh. him. It was like he, he played like a top five quarterback last week, and he has and he and he has the capability. I think he He's will good. get to that level, but. But let's let's chill out just a taste. But this team, I think Heat Check is a perfect way of putting it because this team, I think, 
them specifically, they've been up and down. And I guess you could say the same thing about the Chiefs, but the Chiefs have earned our trust. Yeah. In the Bengals. And not only our trust, but they've earned some level of confidence, which you can't fake. And as much as the Bengals, uh, after they beat the Ravens the first time, they were talking about, we own this division, this is our division. Like, you can tell that this is bluster. You can tell that they don't really believe it. But I think they knocked the Chiefs off this week. It, it gives them a, an added level of confidence that I think they need and would appreciate going into the playoffs. So I'm really interested in seeing, we'll talk about the other side of the ball in a second, but I'm really interested in seeing how this Bengals offense fares against this Chiefs defense. And and this, I think, um, the Chiefs defense like has, has obviously been on upswing, but you talk about kind of earning trust. You know, I want to see them against an offense where arguably the skill players should be able to beat them in man coverage, which right. the Chiefs defense has been playing. They've gone back to playing a lot of man coverage, and they've been very, very good at it. But it's very hard to match up with Jamar Chase T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd, as we have seen, certainly against the, you know, bad news Ravens, but also throughout the season. And I think Joe Burrow is very, very good. And not only not very good at, um, you know, identifying matchups, but also fearless when it comes to uh, throwing to his guys, right? And I I think we're going to see, um, okay, like, can is this Chiefs secondary for real in this game? Because they've improved so much as the season has gone along. I think they they are the kind of opposite to their offense in that, and their offense is playing a lot better. And their offense was never bad, even though we were acting like they were bad for large stretches <laughs> of the season. But I think that they have a reputation of being mediocre at best, and sometimes mm-hmm. rising to slightly higher than that. But in the last several weeks, they've been great. Like them and the Cowboys are the best defenses mm-hmm. in football, and we'll find out. You're right. This week in the They've been protecting Burrow uh, better than probably most of us expected, at least as of late. And that may have something to do with the opponent. But we'll find out because they're, this is going to be the first, I think, offense they've faced. I guess the Cowboys was – yeah, Cowboys is a pretty complete offense. Well, Dak was coming off an injury. But this offense has, to your point, they have somebody everywhere <laughs> from yeah. tight end to receiver to running back that it puts a lot of pressure on the coordinators and I guess the head coach for the Bengals going up against each other to find ways to address those mismatches and locate those mismatches because they're going to be there. Like, it's the way the rules are and the way the game is developed. Like, you're not going to be able to play man all game against just about anybody, especially not this group. And and we'll figure out how they address mm-hmm. it and, and if the, the players can stand up to it on occasion because they're going to have to do it sometimes. They can yeah. stand up to it on occasion and stop the run when they're in softer zones. I kind of think it's about pressure for this. You know, like I, 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 I like I said, the Chiefs defense has been really good in coverage. Actually, since week 10, which is kind of when things really turned around, second best QBR in the NFL in man coverage, 13.9. Very good. Joe Burrow, I'm pretty sure, is the best quarterback versus man coverage in that time frame. Um, if not before the Ravens game, certainly now. But um, yeah, to me, like if there is a weakness in this Bengals offense, you're right that they've protected Burrow better, but it is still the offensive line. He still takes a lot of hits and sacks, um, some of which are on him, you know, but yeah. I think what I'm curious to see is how Steve Spagnolo dials up pressure in this one, when he dials up pressure. You know, they, they've kind of been all over the place with blitzing and um, his approach to that, depending on the matchup. And, you know, we just saw Joe Burrow 
shred the blitz, but that was the Ravens. So I, 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 let me ask you this kind of, what would you do if you were Steve Spagnuolo? Um, how, would, how would you approach this game in terms of aggressiveness? Yeah, I think I would start the game uh, kind of soft, honestly. Mm-hmm. And it would I would like to see what our offense could do against their defense. It's like I would play, and maybe this is, I'd play them for the red zone. Is like we have some more experienced players. I'd play them for the red zone and see what their approach was. I do think that, and I said this matchup, you can't match up man to man. But like, if I'm being completely honest with you, without pressure, there aren't too many matchups that DBs can win consistently. Unless you got like all pro level corners, like you're not going to win in man coverage because of the way the rules in the game has developed. You're just not going to win time after time without pressure. And then that's the question is, can they get pass rush pressure without, um, without blitzing? Like, I think you try that before you go yeah. to blitzing because then you put those guys in those situations. And you saw that catch that Higgins had over two mm-hmm. Ravens DBs last week. Like that is, is very possible. And Burrow is not afraid to throw it up there. So like I, I discourage those. I try to discourage those and go back to the strategy of being mediocre on defense and not necessarily <laughs> shoot for this shutout. Like I know that doesn't sound like a really good defensive coordinator, but I'd be scared to put those guys in the position to just get exposed time after time. You're not just going to play man and blitz them uh, every third down and, and not expect to pay some sort of price. Yeah, I think especially like you, I, you want them to run the ball. I mean, this right. is a good, a, a pretty good running team. And I think that the Chiefs defense has certainly um, tightened up against the run. But like you said, you definitely want them to work their way up the field. And, and we've Zach Taylor has shown that he will run the ball aggressively. And um, I think like the, you just can't leave your corners on island versus these receivers. I, I mean, like on the other side of the ball, the Lou Anaramo, hope I'm saying his name right, is going to take the same approach but I think Mahomes finally showed us last week he will play a complete game from start to finish, taking what's available to him underneath. This is that, that was kind of like the game I've been waiting for. It's funny because like I, I think kind of slipped under the radar a little bit with uh, the Burrow game and then Dak doing what he yeah. did. But I, I, Dominic, I assume you watched uh, Mahomes on Sunday. Like to me, there's been games during the Chiefs win streak where they've had opening drives where you're like, okay, Kansas City, you are just taking it. You know, it's just the screen games are the screens working, the runs working, the power running's working. Mahomes is taking those little hitches and flat routes and everything. This game, it was start to finish against Pittsburgh. He did not. He was not impatient. He was not forcing balls. They were happy to work their way up the field. And to me, like that is the most. That's the scariest sight in the NFL. Yeah. I, I mean, I think versatility, you and I've talked about this a ton of times, is like versatility is the name of the game in football at this point on offense and defense. It's the ability to attack in a number of different ways and um, inform your game plan or your strategy to the one that is most conducive for you to succeed. And that may change through the course of the game. So at some yeah. point, if um, Patrick Mahomes is able to do that for an entire first half and they go into halftime, at 24 to whatever, or they like scored enough points, then the opponent is going to change their tactic and then they're going to rush and attack. And I think Mahomes understanding and and frankly, not just Mahomes, the coach and staff too, understanding that people are going to make you do what they think you can't do first. You have to prove it. So in the first quarter, first half of every game, they're going to have to do this. They're not going to be able to hit somebody over the head 
with uh, a bomb until the second half if they have yeah. a lead. That's true. I um, I think the Spangles defense, like I said, I think they're going to certainly try to keep things in front of them. This is a cover three group. Um, I, somebody posted, gosh, I wish I could give credit because I can't remember, Mahomes' actual his stats versus too high over the win streak have been like the best in the NFL. So that's over guys. Um, but yeah, so they're gonna play a lot of cover three. I don't think they're going to blitz a lot. I do think they can get pressure. Um, I really like the Spangles defensive line, like Trey Hendrickson. My guy has been yeah. very good. Um, discovered him. I discovered him. The, the big concern I have was actually a concern. I had like the one concern I had, going into the Ravens game, which is this Bengals defense is really bad at covering tight ends. Uh, and you saw that, like they, they were able to, they, they're, I think a bottom five group in the NFL by most metrics, Mark Andrews eight. I expect Travis Kelsey to eat as well too. I mean, it, it has a lot to do with how they use Von Bell. And um, I, I, I just think that that's a matchup advantage for Kansas City since they get him back in this game. Yeah, and Andrews is a more traditional tight end. Uh, and he's on a team with us who was playing against they were playing against a team who had a third string quarterback and doesn't quite have Tyreek Hill <laughs> a little different, a little <laughs> um, different. out yeah. there so like I, I expect unless they decide like all right we're not gonna let Kelsey beat us which in that case yeah leave your corners out there alone if you want to at your own risk but I, I don't see an answer for for Travis Kelsey in this game plan considering who will be throwing the ball and, uh, and and the other weapons and other options that they have to the defense has to account for. Yeah, I um, also wanted to speaking of the other options, did did want to mention? I thought Byron Pringle was a bit of a revelation in this last game. Um, yeah, because that's that that's like been the third guy they need, right? Like a a possession receiver who gets yards after the catch and can and the Chiefs are really working the field horizontally. And I think again that ability to do that. And then if defenses play that to go over the top is what makes them so terrifying. Um, I am obviously leaning Kansas City here, if yeah. you can't tell, but I am fully prepared to eat crow if the, if Joe Burrow uh, owned. Like, this this is this is it for me, man. Like, I, I'm, I think he's good regardless, I want to say, but, like, if he plays really well versus this defense, I think that's going to be a huge, huge moment for him. Yeah, it's a playoff game for yeah. for the uh, for the Chiefs, uh, particularly. Like, if they win this game, there's a good chance that they get to skip a week of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're going to get a, a, a best shot from the Chiefs. And if Joe Burrow mm-hmm. and uh, the Bengals can go in and win this game, then it changes things. It changes the way that we talk about them. It changes the way we, we look at them. And, yeah, it, it will you put them in your top five after that? Who is your top five? <laughs> no, I want to um, he- hear uh, that was like an hour ago that I said that. All right, okay. here we go. Rogers, Mahomes, Bra- oh, I don't yeah, know if there's Marge- the- Rogers, Mahomes, Herbert, Brady, Allen, Herbert? Prescott, Jackson, uh, Wilson. Uh, wow, Wilson yeah. still. Wow. Okay. I mean, hmm. I so I was, I guess I, I approached it like you get to pick a quarterback. Like, you know what I mean? Like you get to yeah. draft a quarterback. Who are yeah. people that I'm taking before Burrow? And Wilson's been bad this year and bad at the end of last mm. year. But I don't know. He has like mm. some level of consistency and track record that mm. makes me believe in him. Is that the I only do, one you would take out? Um, I so you you the order I have to think. It's about. not order. It's not order. I just yeah, yeah. Um, 
I think you named the guys. Yeah, that I, 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 gosh, Josh Allen this week versus the Patriots blew my socks off, dude. Like that was, I I think I tweeted, this is the most, this wasn't pro shade, but I was like, what he did to this defense, the way he did it, unreal. If I'm, I understand like the Bills have had their like kind of, underwhelming moments this season obviously losing to the jaguars but you know the times it looked like can't run can't stop the run whatever that quarterback i don't want to play that quarterback i oh. i don't care i don't care what I, what the matchup is i do not care because because he can hit that hot, that level and god yeah. it was impressive when i'm talking about the bills this week because it's, it's just not that interesting but um okay, cool. i just wanted to give a, a tip of the old hat to josh allen i know, <laughs> I know you're waiting a, for a, it josh here it is a, a sockless <laughs> Hat tip. That is yeah. high praise. Why, why is it blowing? Yeah, why is it the socks that come off when you're shocked? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure we could go. Should be like a hat. Out. Should be like, yeah. oh, he blew my hat off. Or well, you can't blow your hat off because then you can't tip it. Oh, yeah. The socks it. come off. The hat's tipped. <laughs> mm. I guess like you can't. There's no other garment of clothing that make that's not like potentially inappropriate gloves yeah and i'm not sure that socks is inappropriate okay um (laughs) golly all right um speaking of shoes that's not really sock but let's talk about the colts game which is uh it is okay i'm gonna once again reassert it is wednesday at 10 a.m pacific uh so i think carson wentz is gonna play quarterback in this game based on the fact that the nfl seems to have just completely abandoned caring about COVID protocols, that's my, that's my take on what's happening. Um, it is not unique in society at large right now, but there, like, the, it, it is also still possible. He is still in protocol. I guess all he has to do is say he doesn't have symptoms, if I understand things. I don't, I'm not even laugh. I, yeah. I just, I don't even yeah. know what else to say other than, like, we all see what's happening. No one's stupid here. So yeah. he's going to play, right? Like, so here, here are the, the, the stakes. It's Raiders Colts. This game matters. The Raiders will have to win out to make the playoffs, unless the Chargers lose, uh, and then and then they can still make it. And it gets all hairy. But they they want to win this game. The Colts. It is actually still possible if they lose this game. If the Raiders and the Ravens win out, they could miss the playoffs. I don't see that happening. The Ravens have the Rams this week, you know, whatever. But this game still matters for both these teams. Um, this is a Raiders defense that just. Put the clamps on Drew Locke and company. We're going to talk about the Broncos, by the way. Um, so we think they're facing Carson Wentz, but let's be real. They're facing Jonathan Taylor. Uh, how, how do you see this matchup playing out? And uh, let me let me rephrase that. Wait, 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 wait. How much does it matter that Carson Wentz plays in this game from a football perspective? Oh, that is that is a finely worded question. Thank you. Uh, not very much. Not as much as, or less than just about any other starting quarterback in a, on a contending Ooh. team. Not just about any starting quarterback on a contending team. Cool He's at Foxworth 24. Oh, yeah, they, they're coming. I mean, they know this, too, is the thing, is they've been watching the games more closely than I have all season. They know the, the left-handed jump ball he threw. They know that he throws cross-body passes from time to time, and he holds onto the ball too long. They all know this, so they can come in my mentions and say, I know that's all they need to say because it's true. Like, I think that this it's clear, not, I think it's a fact. This is a run centric football team in an era where run centric football teams don't seem to exist or succeed uh, that way. I guess we got the Browns, the Ravens and them, and they are having success with that. 
what they want from a quarterback in this situation is capitalize on the opportunities when they're presented to you from play action or whatever, when the box is loaded and the coverage is obvious and we have a matchup advantage. Like they have decided pregame, like, all right, we know that we can run the ball. As long as Quentin Nelson comes back from his COVID protocol, we know we can run the ball. They are going to have to commit to one of two defenses to stop this. When we get those them in these defenses, I am not going to ask you to read. I'm not going to ask you to think. Turn around, pretend to hand the ball to Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor, and then find T.Y. Hilton running a post corner or whatever he's running and throw it to him. Like I do believe that it's an oversimplification, but that's what you want to do for Sam Ellinger. If he doesn't play, I mean, if, he, if Wentz yeah. doesn't play, that's what you want to do for Sam Ellinger. I think the challenge with Wentz is Wentz is an incredible athlete with an outrageous arm and has a history of being the best player on a team, has had that feeling before. <laughs> he can't shake it. He can't shake it. He can't shake it. And sometimes he tries to be that guy. And sometimes he is that it. guy. Sometimes he yeah. is. That, like the, the Patman throw on Christmas, one of the craziest throws of the year. But also, you have to account for all of the other throws, Colts fans. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. He doesn't have that Aaron Rodgers thing where you can throw stupid passes all game long, like stupid impressive, yeah. and then not and then not th- turn it over either. Like he doesn't have that. He, mm. He's going to give you the stupid impressive players passes and the stupid oh that's just stupid pass. Mm. Mm. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small, and when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Mina Show today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Mina Show, M-I-N-A-S-H-O-W. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. And I have to say, speaking from experience, recently, having tried it for the first time in Detroit, it is absolutely delicious. Right now, you can get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. So, a lot of thoughts on this. Yeah, I think you, you the difference between Ellinger and Wentz is with Wentz, you have... You're gonna you can, the the drive that the Colts had to win that's available to you with Wentz, right? right? Um, and you know, I think obviously it gives you a better chance to win 
obviously, because it's not Carson Wentz versus like Tyler Huntley, even who we've seen, you know, run an NFL Ooh. offense. We have not seen Sam Ellinger do this. I know Sam Ellinger is mobile, um, arm not as strong as Wentz's, but it it's a black box. Um, I think I, I I will say this: I I fully expect the Colts to win this game. However. I actually did watch the Raiders Broncos game and the Raiders defense was actually pretty impressive against the run in that one. Exactly. Um, exactly. I, I was Sorry. like, damn, okay. Darius Phylon, like, you know, so they are good against and, and Hankins was out. I assume with, he was on the COVID list, but um, they had Perryman back and the front seven held up really well. Um, I think that, they are also very good at rushing the passer, right? Like they, they they've got Crosby and uh, Unique. However, if as you mentioned, those play action passes are there, and with it's Frank Reich, he will spam that. Uh, the Raiders are not good at <laughs> defending that. Um, actually, grabbed it. Hold on. Yeah, so the Raiders are twenty eighth versus play action passes in QBR. So that's not great. Um, so I think for the Colts, it is like they will run. They'll have success running, and it is about, okay, can Carson Wentz, A, take care of the football, and then B, capitalize on those opportunities that will undoubtedly, undoubtedly be there for him. Um, I'll be curious to see how much pressure the Raiders bring, because I also think, um, you know, Wentz is a quarterback, you do want to blitz opportunistically, and they do have that in their arsenal, but I don't think this secondary, which granted held up against Drew Locke, I don't think they match. They can keep up with the Colts' skill players and or the Colts' offense generally. Yeah, the struggles of their secondary is one of the things that has been consistent for the Raiders. Yeah, I, I think that that is going to be a problem that exists. Uh, I think that's a, a limiting factor, obviously, but it also like clarifies things for you because some people could come into this game and think, "All right, well, let's try to um, hold up against the run." with fewer in the box because we need more help in the secondary. I think Ooh. it's clear that no matter how much help they add yeah. into the secondary, it's not going to work. <laughs> so stop the run and and play and tell your corners and safeties to keep everything in front of them and tackle it. Like, I don't want you breaking up 10 yard outs. I don't want you breaking up uh, 12 yard digs. <laughs> Slant game, let them have it. Like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to play cover three because that's what we always do. We're going to, we're going to overreact to runs play action, whatever, we're going to eat it up and make Sam Ellinger mm. hit, connect on mm. five passes. You're going to have mm. to connect on five passes this drive to score a touchdown. Like, you have to do it. And whether it's Ellinger or Wentz, the same thing applies. And I don't know mm. that that, uh, that gives the, the Raiders the best chance to win. Whether it works or not, mm. I'm not sure. But it, it, to me, that's the smart thing to do. So on the other side, I think unless they have Darren Waller back, it's not good. Um, and they might. I think so. So I think he's practicing. Uh, and Brian Edwards was on the COVID list. So, um, you know, the, that that is really important, obviously. On the Colts side, Darius Leonard, I think, can be back now because of the aforementioned yeah. the NFL not caring about COVID anymore and unvaccinated <laughs> guys. Um, I, 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 I want to say something. Why do I, why do I keep doing that? It's my podcast. I don't have to preface it by saying I want to say something. Okay. <laughs> The Colts defense pressed the hell out of me on Christmas. Yeah. Okay, Colts fans, if you're listening, you're all very angry at me for not uh, for a million things. So I want you to listen closely. I was blown away by the performance of this defense. Uh, reserves, dudes, I had never heard of. 
like mm-hmm. just coming out of the woodwork. This is a defense that has been consistently good all year against both the run and the pass with an improving pass rush. And you lose, you know, Darius Leonard, who's your best player. Um, you're missing guys in the secondary. Kari Willis is out. Rocky Sin is out. They were freaking awesome, dude. Like Isaiah Rogers, what? Filling in for Rocky Sin? Incredible. George Odom making plays. Like just so well coached. And you know what I loved about that Cardinals game? is how aggressive they were. Like, I think sometimes we think of this cold steam as like, oh, they play cover two and they sit back and whatever. No, they were attacking him, uh, Kyler Murray, which was a smart thing to do. Uh, So I think if they're playing Derek Carr in this offensive, Raiders offensive line, which is not good, I hope they continue attacking because I think it'll work. Yeah, my flu shell was for Matt Eberflus, the um, defensive coordinator. He's one of the more inventive guys on defense in in the league, even though they do a lot of cover two. They do some things that are interesting and uh, some things that I hadn't seen prior to him getting there. Maybe that's just me not studying defense as much, but they do some things Hmm. with their alignment that is impressive. And Darius Leonard gives them the ability to do some of those things because – like this is one of the crazy things about the the evolution of the game. Darius Leonard is a safety. <laughs> like, mm. uh, when I was when I was growing up, Darius Leonard at 6'2", 230, which is what he is, and we're being generous. He might play at two twenty five. Darius Leonard is a safety in anybody's NFL back in the day. He's a run stuff and safety, but he has the athleticism and ability. But since this game has moved in such a degree towards uh, the more spread out, wider, and more passes. Darius Leonard is now a middle linebacker, which was a position that used to be 260, 275 to play. Mm. And his flexibility allows him to do so much. He's he's criticized for his coverage ability, but I actually think he's really good. And then this this uh, the turnovers that he caused. I know that turnovers are random. And we can't. Necessarily... They nothing random about the punching the ball out like that. You're damn right. You knew where I was getting. It's like most parts. It's like all right, the guy happens no. to fumble. No. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Or no. a quarterback throws a bad pass and it's tipped interception. Like nah, Darius Leonard does not tackle. He punches footballs. And if you run him <laughs> over, huh? Whatever. You got some highlight footage. But I, I promise you, people are thinking twice about running him over when they're coming up to him because they see that. And it's not even like peanut punching is like he used to do it from the no. back or he coming from the side. Barry Slinner is facing up running backs in the hole and diving with his fist out like a I, Superman. I, I'm worried that punch is going to hit me somewhere <laughs> if I'm a, a running back. I think about that all the time watching Barry yeah. Slinner with his style. Mm. Um, dude, I... Uh, if Waller plays, how do you handle him? Like, I, I mean, I think that it's it, it makes obviously a massive difference, um, yeah. and it, it poses like a, a new challenge for a Colts team that I think can defend him. But right. like, do you think that that tips the odds in the Raiders' favor at all? Assuming, let's say the the Colts get Leonard back and the Raiders get Waller back. I mean, a little bit. I don't think it changed the outcome, though. Like, mm. you have better players. I think you're going to be better positioned to win. Uh, it clarifies things for both sides a little bit more as you understand who you have to stop and you understand who you need to get the ball to, uh, depending on which side you're on. But I do think that the athleticism that I was talking about, Darius Leonard, like, it matters, even in yeah. his own. Like, in his awareness, it matters. And I'm a little bit of a – Darius Leonard Homer. I don't know if you, this is an interesting topic. I don't know if you have this, but when you write about, do a profile on somebody and you spend 
five days with them in their hometown, which I did with Darius Leonard. It, I, I'm a little bit of a sucker. So like, I'm so happy that he's having the career that he's had so far. And I do believe that he's better. He gets a ton of credit, but he's still better than he gets credit for. Well, I wrote about Aaron Rodgers. I, <laughs> I wouldn't characterize myself as an Aaron Rodgers homer right about now. I but know, cause you're a real professional writer. I just not in, Well, actually, I did Herbert this summer, and I and I'm surprised nobody hit me with that on the Herbert Burrow thing, which doesn't <sighs> Herbert. I don't even think he he hated being interviewed. By me, so. um, I'm just, if anything, I'm like, um, if if I have a bias, it's a bias towards that kind of throwing. You know, I, I I'm yeah. like, it, it's like um, when I watch when I used to watch singing shows, I was just drawn to like the the one the singers who could do the vocal acrobatics and stuff and right. maybe that's not good singing and may, that's certainly probably not a good way to evaluate it but you know when some some woman hit every note in respect i was like that's the best singer i've ever seen and that's how i feel <laughs> watching justin herbert i don't know i gotta win this that's analogy. a great analogy i love it but, like analogy. a magpie i'm like a magpie you know how magpies are <laughs> drawn to that. shiny things that's <laughs> herbert highlights for me i also think i, I have like to do this justin herbert is, is the jennifer hudson of the nfl I do this segment on Mondays on Sports Center called Kimes Dimes, where I pick three throws and I watch all the throws, like the good throws. I sort them on NGS and you know, just make sure I haven't missed anything on Sunday night. And most of them are Herbert throws, y'all. I'm sorry. I can't help yeah. it. Okay. Um, I think the Colts win this unless their quarterback, whoever it is, turns the ball over probably more than once. Uh, that's yeah. kind of where I'm coming down in this game. Agreed. All right, let's take a quick break and then come back and talk about some uh, some NFC teams. So, two teams headed in different directions, unlike the first two teams. The Arizona Cardinals and the Dallas Cowboys. So, what's up for grabs in this, or what's at stake in this one? I hope I got all this right. I was really spending a lot of time on the playoff machine. I'm sure there's an article that could have just told me. Uh, the Cowboys, one seed is still in play if the Packers lose to Minnesota, which I don't think is going to happen, but definitely a reason to to win this one. You, you want to keep, keep in that fight. The Cardinals, uh, the division is still up for grabs. The Rams have the Ravens and the Niners, which is a pretty tough schedule to end with, but, you know, this matters for them in terms of winning the division and having home field. Uh, I think I saw somewhere the line was like only Cowboys by three, which... I gotta say, surprised me. But Vegas maybe isn't as momentum driven and re- as yeah. Um, yeah. moi, and maybe they're smarter. Let me check that line. But Dominique, does that line, if it's true, surprise you? Um, yeah, it surprises me. Okay, uh, it, mo- it moved. It's five and a half. Okay. So yeah, okay, that, that's more um, like it. I mean, they, like they it. were they were trying to get in some some early Cowboys bucks is what they were doing. <laughs> they, got, they got all they needed. Now they're trying to slow it down. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that surprised me. I, I do think I'm sure that you are aware of this and it's probably your listeners are probably already aware of this, but like the Cardinals defense and their mm. apparent reliance on JJ Watt <laughs> is like uh been mind blowing since they since they lost him, the impact that it's had on that defensive front and the defense as a whole. Yeah, I think you saw, especially in this um the Colts game, I think we can talk about Kyler and versus the Cowboys defense, but just starting with the Cardinals defense playing Dallas, um, you saw sort of problems that had been brewing for a long time, right? Like, which is they basically only get pressure when they blitz. They blitz the hell out of Wentz. And it worked a lot too, by the way. But when they don't, 
it ain't no one getting home and uh behind them you know you just have i think the secondary has regressed a bit um you know marco wilson byron murphy jr and then antonio hamilton a group you know skeptical coming into the season and, and buda baker by the way in this game um and they're not bad I wouldn't describe them as, as a, a, a below average unit, but you saw some, I think, struggles. Like they'd be a little bit turnover dependent early on and things have kind of swung the other way where, oh, they, you know, force a fumble, but oh, there's legal contact downfield, stuff like that. I mean, it, forget, by the way, just defense. This team is a penalty magnet. We'll talk about offense in a second. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I think if we see the version of Dallas we saw, which is a version that has kind of been brewing for a while, um, Dominique jumped off the DAC wagon. I never jumped off, so I oh. felt vindicated watching the Cowboys offense. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, that version is just a you know Death Star. Um, Isaiah Simmons, or no, the other way around. Darius Leonard is who Isaiah Simmons wishes he was. Oh, and I think that that's uh, an unfortunate circumstance because he was a highly drafted player who is like a freakish athlete that plays linebacker and could be like he he could he has the athleticism to have the the Micah Parsons type of impact on a team he hasn't had that and some might even argue that he has not even been like mediocre <laughs> like he's hurt the team more than he's helped and I think that that always jumps out to me and it might be because he's wearing number nine it might just be because of all the pre-draft hype, but every time I watch their defensive play, defense play, I'm like, I'm just thinking, where the hell is Isaiah Simmons? Yeah, like, do I know. something. Do You're something. amazing. I know. Do something, and it drives me nuts because, like, he is the type of guy that should be able to rush um, from a three-point stance on third downs, or they can zone blitz and he can drop out and cover like a high-level tight end, man-to-man. Like, he should give them this flexibility, or they can stay in. Um, in base when teams go to 11 personnel and he can walk out and play zone uh, or even man against some slot receivers like that flexibility would make them so impressive but he he brings it in numbers but he or, or um, workout stats but he doesn't bring it in um actual on-field production and it makes me sad do you think in this particular matchup they should sustain that level of aggression or do you think they should just hope Dallas runs and keep things in front of them? Well, Blitz and Dak has been a death sentence for most of this season. And frankly, a lot of um, Dak's career is he's been really good against the Blitz. But I don't know what else they do. <laughs> uh, yeah, they just can't get pregnant yeah, without it. They yeah, really can't. You just have to you have to do it and and have to get pressure and and see what happens from there. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't feel great about this matchup from a defensive side of the ball. Like this is gonna, they're gonna have to find just, their their stride again offensively to keep them in this game. Um. So I, I want to rescind something. You never jumped off the deck wagon. You were a little bit concerned for a while there. You and Jerry Jones, your um, brethren. <laughs> um. The Washington game. I get it. The Washington defense or whatever. But I think. It's something that we've kind of seen simmering now for a couple weeks, which is every game to me, since Dak has returned from his injury, he has been he has looked more and more comfortable on the move, right? Not 
entirely comfortable, but it's like, oh, okay, there he is climbing the pocket. Okay, there he is. Ah, you know, he's not running. This game, I think, was, you're like, okay, he's actually back. And that's how I felt watching him against Washington, not just climbing the pocket, throwing on the move. Um, you know, he was excellent on the boots. The, the, the way, that generally, just watching this offense, the run in the pass were so indistinguishable and from each other. And, uh, like, that's the Cowboys offense operating on all cylinders. But also just love seeing Dak take off a few times, which... To me, like that's so indicative of his health and um, also just like, oh, you have no, as a as defense, there's, you have no solutions left if you have to account for all of these things happening on every play. Yeah. And I think it's also for me, it's just about comfort and it's not a statistical thing I can point to, but anecdotally, like I'd seen Dak it's kind of a uh, parallels what seems like his personality is he's kind of always even killed. He always seemed in control. He rarely seemed surprised in the pocket until the last couple weeks when I saw him like be surprised by a blitz, which I can't remember the last time that I yeah. saw Dak playing and he didn't know where the blitz was coming. I'm not saying that he made everybody pay every time, but it seemed like he was never surprised by it. And uh, I think it was the Giants game. I saw two separate occasions where the blitz came and he looked panicked. And I was like, oh, huh? but that's gone. Like that to me, that was a momentary anomaly. And that I think is what maybe made me consider hurling a small bit of criticism in the direction of cousin. <laughs> wow. I, was, I threw it from on the wagon. It was just a little- piss, You were still on the piss. wagon. You're still on, the, still wagon. on the wagon. But you I'm had like, a hey, toe off the this. wagon. You had a little toe. <laughs> Dipping into no, the pools. No, I would never. Um, yeah, and I think, by the way, I, I, a lot of that, the discomfort, like he looked uncomfortable in clean pockets as well. He looked comfortable, uncomfortable um, in cluttered pockets. As you said, there were some weird, like he is so good with pressure normally. And I do think it all comes from a place of health, candidly. Like, you know, candidly, why is he candidly? But he, his... His awareness like of what are, he's capable of. You're criticizing yourself. You're yeah, like you know. an analyst all the time. You're analyzing your own performance while doing it. I love he, it. His awareness of what is happening and what he's capable of is obviously so tied to his ability to move in the pocket deck. is phenomenal, right, at manipulating pockets. And I think for a while that just wasn't there, and now it's there, and that's really scary. Um, Arizona's, to me, only chance of, of, of saying this thing is if Kyler Murray somehow yeah. turns this around and... This is this offense, man. It just does not have any electricity right now. Like the lights are off, and there is a number of people you can blame for that. Obviously, uh, Clifford. I think Carl Kingsbury. Uh, hold on. Really? Really? Yes, dude. Yes. It's with, Clifford. With, Doesn't with he spell it with a K? Dude. It's, oh, I thought it was it, just it's Cliff because they spelled it with a K. Sir, it is Cliff. <laughs> Cliff. Wait, hold on. That can't be right. W w Wikipedia yeah. says Cliff Tarl Kingsbury. Tarl's not a name. No. Cliff Tarl? That can't hmm. be right. Oh, so Tarl's his middle name or his first name? No, no. Oh, I'm yeah. trying to find if his middle name starts with a K. And it, 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 Wikipedia says Tarl, which I just yeah, don't, I can't accept Nobody, as a name. I, I know. I wouldn't. I'll, I'll accept Tarl as a name before I accept any parent given their child the initials okay. KKK. Like if, you just... Google, if you Google, <laughs> however, Cliff Tarl Kingsbury, nothing comes up. And also, Wikipedia says his name is Cliff and not Clifford. Okay, anyways. Whatever. All right, all right. Told you. Um, you can't spell Clifford with a K. I got, I got so many questions about this. 
Maybe, okay, whatever. Anyways, point is, he's been awful. I've went after him enough for his game management, his insane game management over the last, it's so bad, Dominique. It drives me freaking crazy. But setting that aside, um, I also have some problems with his play calling as of late. Like, yeah. okay, you lost DeAndre Hopkins. It sucks, right? He'll cut back for the playoffs. and But, you know, at this point, you got to make you got to make sure, well, they're, they're going to be there. And, you know, you're not, you're not getting J.J. Watt back. You are getting Hopkins back. But it shouldn't look like a Jenga tower that came crumbling down just because you lost Hopkins. I understand the role that he plays in that offense, especially against pressure and, and whatnot and generating those um, shot plays. But you got to be cognizant of the change in your personnel. Like something that drove me crazy. I'm never a run the ball person. You know that. But this is a good running team. Like if you can't consistently move the ball through the air, like you got to be more, you got, Cliff used to be really good at calling the run. And I think that's something that's been an issue over the last few games. I remember I was highly critical of the hiring of Cliff Kingsbury as as we probably should have been. And I remember the start yeah. of his first season, they were running the hell out of the ball. Yes, and it, yes. And it changed my mind for a hot second about the hiring of Cliff Tarl Clingsbury that <laughs> I, I thought that maybe that his ability to adapt, that Tarl was on to something. And <laughs> it's it's become clear since then that he was not on to something. <laughs> but I do think that um, we, we all know how good Kyler Murray has the ability to be and that's their answer like their answer and a lot of the answers even when they were at their best a lot of their answers were just like kyler just being amazing yeah <laughs> you know? like it's, it's not well-designed plays it's kyler being amazing so i think that's their offensive oh. hope going forward because I, I i don't got Charles coming up with a new Ma- game plan or, or changing well, the stripes massive in this game is the, the cardinals activated rodney hudson massive for two reasons Max Garcia cannot effing snap the football. What the hell? It is so insane. How 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 is this still happening? It's like the craziest thing in football. Whatever. Anyway, so there's that, and um, I think having Hudson in there is going to be indispensable against this Cowboys front, where pressure is coming from any point at any time. And you you could not ask for a more important game to have Hudson back than against this Cowboys pass rush that. Dominique, I think is the best in the NFL. Oh yeah, yes, I I am not alone. I, there are a few people that when they agree with you or say something that you have said, that I'm like, oh man, I must be wrong. And there are some people like, oh, right, name, name names, name names. Oh, um, let's see. You know, you know how to. Uh, I mean, I'm not. I ain't scared. Just text uh, me. Okay, I'll text it to you. <laughs> um, but I don't think I have to text it to you. I think you already know them. But anyway, there are also some people who are like, oh, well, I must be right. And that is you when it comes to this stuff. So, yeah, it just – when their best player or their highest paid pass rusher is has been probably the least productive <laughs> of their three pass rushers, and we're including Micah Parsons in this, Man, there is no scheme for it. And we've seen it time and time again. Defense is in the play. We saw it last year. The the Bucks made a run through the playoffs on the strength of that front four. They won the Super Bowl on the strength of that front four. Like, that is – it's kind of a, a truism about football. If you can rush the passer with four, you have the ability to do so many other things on defense. I was really impressed by their coverage against Washington. Granted, Heineke, but um... – 
you know, even when he had time, which was rarely, they pressured him on 46% of dropbacks. Jesus. Um, <laughs> I thought the cornerbacks were really good. And, and uh, they had a rookie playing in this game. It was uh, Kelvin Joseph, who uh, who was on the outside, because I think Jordan Lewis, yeah, Jordan Lewis was out in this one. Um, Kelvin, uh, Kelvin Joseph, whose nickname is Boss Man Fat, because oh. he, he was, I, I always have to save a little few nuggets for you. It's because he was fat as a kid, and then he added Boss Man to the front to make it cooler. <laughs> as, a, as a kid, or just later? Uh, middle school, yeah. Oh, I like that. He had Boss Man. He was like, all right, I'm, you, you, they called him Fat. That was his nickname. It was just Fat. And then he added Boss Man. So he's Boss Man Fat. He's instantly became my favorite player. I thought he was really good. I, I can't believe how much depth this Dallas secondary apparently has. It's it's unreal. Um, yeah, so I... want to know I, who... Um, yeah. I'm sorry. No, no. I just want to know who Trayvon Diggs sold his soul to or what, where, what church he prays to, like what religion he is. Not to take anything away from him, he's a, a very good player. But they be throwing them things right at him. Why, why are you, like, do, Heineken, what, first play? Really? Trayvon Diggs? Oh really? It was, and he didn't even throw it to the receiver. He threw yeah, it he to threw Diggs. It to, yeah, I know. And then he was like, Diggs ooh. Is he like, all the, he's breaking all the coverage rules. Like, he's not doing anything he's supposed to do. Honestly. He's not in control. He's not, and he's looking back, and the ball just falls If right you close through. your eyes and you pretend Trayvon Diggs was in a Washington jersey, per, that was a dime. It's a dime. Oh it's a perfect throw. Perfect route. Oh, you can't stop that Heineke to Diggs connection. Um, yeah. So, okay. Just match up before we move on. If you're the Cardinals offense, I run the ball a lot in this one. Yeah. I think if, the, if yeah. Dallas has one potential weakness, that's it. And I say potential because yeah. they're, they're good against the run. But I'm just saying like that's. They, they've had games. That I'm, it was yes. earlier in the season. I might be no, misremembering right. this, but I feel like they had some games that he struggled against the run. And we talked about how. They have pass rushers up front, and that's what they want to be. Is yeah, so yeah, I think that's that's the that's the strategy is to run the ball. And I mean, Kyler in the running game. I know Kyler's been hurt, and they've been shying away from that. But if you're trying to win this game, you're gonna have to include Kyler's athleticism. Hundred percent, a hundred percent. I think, yeah, you want to exploit, you want to take advantage of their aggression, aggression with Parsons right. and. Punish them for it. Um, you know, it's it's Kyler runs, it's screens, which you know sometimes yeah, it's Rondale Moore. You gotta make something happen. All right, last game. Broncos Chargers. So the Broncos are basically out of it, but the Chargers. This is kind of why I want to talk about it. They they still have a pretty good shot. They just they have to win out, and then either Baltimore who plays the Rams or Miami who plays the Pats and the Titans or maybe Titans and Pats, whatever. One of them they need to lose one. Totally possible based on the schedule. Um, that said, like this Chargers team is coming off a loss to the Texans. So I didn't watch this on the day of, I watched this on Monday and I posted a clip of the Chargers defense very meanly. Um, Dominique, I, that's like one of the worst defensive performances. I, but it huge caveat. They, I, this is why you got to watch the games folks. They were missing a lot more dudes than I thought, uh, with the COVID stuff. Uh, no James, no Michael Davis. Poor, poor dude who's starting in place of Michael Davis. Uh, his name is something Harris. It's not Chris Harris. I was confused for a second because Devonta Harris. Uh, Chris Harris. Devonta good. Harris has dreads, and I was like, Ugh! and then, and then you know, Chris Harris, and then um, I realized it was a different a case of mistaken identity. That would suck to be on a team with a guy who has your name but is worse than you, and people blame you a lot. Something I thought of. But it'd be, it'd be awesome if you were the guy with the worst name. 
That's crazy. I mean, if you were the guy with the worst game and you had the same name, then you're yeah. walking up in all the restaurants like, oh yeah, I'm that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, I bet you can fool a lot of people. So uh, they were also missing Joy Bosa, of course, and yeah. Justin Jones, and uh, just a million people. Um, but they're playing the Texans, Mina. They're playing the Texans. We'll talk about the Chargers offense in a second. Chargers offense was largely actually fine in this game. I just want to throw that out there. I, I know I'm coming across as like a huge Justin Herbert apologist. He wasn't great by any means, and he threw one bad pick, but that's not why they lost. This defense looked like the worst defense in the NFL in this game. Uh, I think they get some people back. This is another one where it's like, <laughs> COVID. Um, but this is a defense that was horrible against the run before this game, and they got gashed by old ass Rex Burkhead, who just <laughs> murdered them on the ground. Uh, so they play a Broncos team that I we know is going to come into this just freaking pounding the rock. Uh, do you think that makes this like challenge? Like, do you think? Granted, the Broncos defense I couldn't run against the Raiders last week, so right. important caveat. Like, do you? How do you see this side of the matchup shaking out? I have little faith in the Chargers defense. I mean, honestly. Dude, they saw that that was and you're you're right about the injuries, but it, it wasn't isolated. Like the Chargers defense has not been dominate dominant or I mean, they've been up and down through the course of this year. They have big name guys who can make big plays, and when those guys do that, they are better. But like they, they don't strike me as a stable unit. So maybe they'll get Bosa back and um and Derwin will go off and maybe uh, Samuel will get an interception or something like that. That is the hope, I think, for them mm-hmm. to have good defense. But I don't really have – and the hope is, is to oh, – he went up against Davis Mills last week, and I guess mm-hmm. he's better than we thought. But I was going to say going up against backups could help them, but nope. They Good just luck. did that and gave up 41 because so- they couldn't stop Rex Burkhead. I also watched the Broncos game, as I mentioned, and this offense is disgusting right now. Yeah. Um, Broncos fans, you deserve better. Uh, I mean, Drew Locke just... I felt Locke so just... bad for, for Judy because he dropped the pass oh, and he God. was really mad at himself. And oh, I remember it's thinking, funny. It's not your fault. yourself, I mean, buddy. It is yeah, your fault, like, but like this, yeah. in a larger sense. <laughs> I think you um, nailed it when you said, oh, honey. Like, that's exactly what I thought. When I, that's what I felt when I was well, like, oh, no. The line, the line was bad, and the line was getting beat by the Raiders. But also, Drew Locke, just the, the, the holding on of the football, the staring down. It's just not it. It's not it. Um, but he will. He's probably going to play in this game. I'd be shocked if he doesn't. Uh, Pat Shermer, not doing a good job. The way he's calling the offense for Drew Lock, he doesn't trust him at all. Like I can tell you right now, I already know this is going to be runs on every down. It's going to be screens. Uh, he he's going to have Drew checking it down. So I think like L.A. like sell out, I guess, and and pray. But I, what's so dispiriting about LA is it's just the 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 execution like when you watch the runs from the end zone view it's like whatever the opposite of teach tape is man like I it is shocking and, and I think going into next season um you know I've seen some criticism like yeah Brandon Staley is a defensive coach and what you know the defense hasn't improved they gotta overhaul their personnel I mean, I'm not a defensive expert. Maybe he's doing some things wrong. There, maybe there'd be better ways to use some of those guys in the front seven. It's really the front seven, but like, did like Jerry Tillery. Uh, I mean, they 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 just need to make some dramatic changes. 
Yeah, I mean, I think that was part of like anyone who was not for this Brandon Staley hire was like, well, he is a very young coach, a short coaching career, awesome defense that also happened to have some awesome players. So like um, the the Brandon Staley office of genius thing, I mean, it never even became, I was about to say it might have been overplayed, but it never even became a thing. We didn't give it enough time to become a thing. They were good. Yeah. And then he was a head coach. <laughs> and so I'm not sure that he has the answers to fix this season. I do think they can win. They should win this game because yeah. last week too. Yeah, they should want. Um, the offense is better than the Broncos. I guess this is a good point for us to apologize for how wrong we were about the Broncos' defense being good. Although there's some weird. St- I mean, they did trade Miller, but they weren't good before. They Chubb was hurt. Come back. He hasn't looked at himself. The problem with this defense, the pass rush is. You know, the, I think. Vic, Vic Fangio's scheme really, really depends on having good cover linebackers or good linebackers who are fast, and they, they that that's been a weakness for them. Again, injuries factoring in there, but the pass rush has just not been. I mean, Chubb's just not been good enough. Um, I think based on what I saw versus the Raiders, there will be a lot of favorable looks for the Chargers also to run the ball. Eckler's back in this one. Um, and, you know, Her- Herbert has actually struggled a bit against Fangio through his short NFL career. So I think there's a this is like a pretty important test for him. Uh, and just generally for a Chargers offense, has mostly been good. Although we don't know, by the way, I, quickly, Mike Williams was out. They were missing also dudes on offense. I didn't know Guyton was also out until I watched the game. <laughs> um, so and Lindsley. So we'll see who's back. Because on Monday, they said they were like, yeah, Mike Williams out, whatever. I think he's unvaccinated, I, mean, I assume. Uh, but now the rules are, you know, there's no rules. So we, li- we live in um, the purge. Sorry. It's a monologue. <laughs> Yay, football. In CDC. Like, I mean, they definitely. Yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I get. That's like everything. The America. Yeah, was, okay. They Anyways. asked me a question about that earlier on first take, and I was like, I mean, I can't really be critical of the NFL. Right. They're it's following the CDC guidelines. I know. <laughs> so anyways, Fangio, Herbert, what, what are your thoughts? <laughs> uh, Herbert's good. Fangio's good. He's that – I mean, he's from – he was a linebacker's coach when I was in Baltimore. And, like, the Baltimore defenses were always very good in part because they always had those pass rushers and were able to manufacture pressure that way. I, I do think it's – it's dependent on that to have success. So, yeah, I mean, I think you're right, and they haven't been able to do it. Um, they have some ballers in the secondary, though, which – Yes. I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it pans out. But as a defensive back, I, I like to believe that we are more important than anyone else in the league. Uh, but sometimes I'm reminded that it's not true. But I guess being able to cover man coverage is, is a very difficult thing to do. Holding up for two to three seconds is almost impossible. If they are capable of doing that, which is not – something Fangio majors in. I'm not sure what the numbers suggest, but my memory serves me correct. It's a lot of cover mm-hmm. four and and that sort of stuff. And it doesn't necessarily put as much pressure on the corners as as mm-hmm. they should. And, and maybe yeah. that's the direction they should go. It's more blitzing to put more pressure on their secondary and to help out their front. That's interesting. I, I think, yeah, I'll be very curious to see how they play him along those lines. Um, I think this is one where Herbert would really benefit from using his legs frankly, um, which is something, 
Okay, I, he, the interception was really bad, but there was also, they ended up picking up the first down, but he sort of tripped. I don't know if you saw that against the Texans. And when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is just not your day, man. This is not your day because yeah. you usually run like a gazelle and you're tripping on yourself, and it was kind of embarrassing. Um, yeah, I, I think, especially if they get one of those receivers, but, you know, Mike Williams notably back, they sh- the Chargers offense should be able to win this matchup. Um, if they don't, some interesting. I I think there's going to be a lot of heat headed the Chargers' way if they miss. Is if that they, really so? <laughs> lose yeah, these, yeah, yeah. And and on the flip side, let me ask you this: Fangio done? What do you think? <sighs> it's tough, right? Because he's such a good yeah. defensive coach. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they could explain it away with the quarterback woes, but. Yeah, it's a tough spot because like it would depend on who you were hiring mm-hmm. <laughs> and you can't fire him and start interviewing just yet. But I guess they probably do do stuff like that all the time. Um, I think I might stick with him, which feels ridiculous, but <laughs> I think I might stick with him and and try to find the, again, find the answer at quarterback or call Aaron Rodgers. I know that the Broncos were on the list, so like mm. – Hand over the keys to Aaron Rodgers. Let him pick your coach. Well, yeah, that or maybe Fangio stays the coach and they let Rodgers pick a coordinator. You know, bring over right. Nathaniel Hackett or whatever. I, maybe, yeah. I, I like they're a team where I think it's tough because so much is dependent on what you do at the quarterback position this offseason. Um, and yeah, it's I think you can criticize Fangio for hiring the hires he's made he didn't draft i mean god sertan's been awesome so it's like yeah for not drafting justin fields and whatever and um it's a tough spot to be a team without a quarterback for years it's just okay so um knock your socks off was originally according to some dude on the internet um knock your socks off was originated in the south american south in the 40s it was a phrase that meant like you were in a fight. You got beat up. You got your socks knocked off, and then why are your socks coming off in a fight, though? I don't know. You just got your socks beat off. <laughs> no, the... <laughs> the socks beat off. You're dead, uh, according to this same dude. It started to develop more positive connotations, and the major factor for popularizing popular the unpositive meaning of "knock your socks off" was an ad campaign done by Pepsi Cola in the mid 1960s to promote Mountain Dew. There you go. Mm. That's not really the answer you wanted to you wanted, but that's the best I could find. And now it's time for Dinks and Dunks. I'm getting paid for this, right? Speaking of beverages, Dinks and Dunks are a part of ESPN Nation, brought to you by Dr. Pepper. College Ooh. football is back, and so are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Okay. Man, you're so good at this hosting thing. Question: Four questions. Four from me, one from Lenny. <sighs> He's got his locked and loaded. Let's do it. Question one. Saints, Falcons. I think Taysom Hill is going to be back. Can the Saints with Taysom Hill that win a playoff game still have a 34% chance of getting in? I mean, they beat the Bucks, so <laughs> I guess they can. They, they beat the Bucks last year. Is this too, is this the saddest off. defense? Because you feel so bad because they're so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are right? the saddest defense. That's got to be so sad. Oh man, yeah, and it's sad because they're they're like. Uh, like pining for days of old when they had a noodle arm quarterback or when they had 
Winston, uh, dude, with Winston, this is a no, 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 no. I was talking about Drew. Brees. Oh no, no. I'm just. I, I meant to further it though. If they had Winston, yeah. this is a freaking good team. Yeah, I mean, as long as you could trust Winston, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, good like, it might be strong. But a team that can yeah. definitely win playoff games. Oh yeah, no question. yeah. That's a that's a team that like, and James has the capability of oh. playing like a top five quarterback. Sorry, they're playing in the Panthers. One game. The Panthers. I was actually only looking at Week 18 because there's a thousand weeks right. left in the NFL season. But the Saints are yeah, playing I the mean, same, 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 same division, same part okay. of the country, same like expectations. Like I, I, I don't. I think that uh, they beat both of those teams hmm. with. Question, Winston, I mean, with um, Taysom. Question two. Um, I recently appeared on the Athletic Football Show to talk about the Seahawks. It was just depressing, but um, talked about all the, like the difficult decisions they've got. So our buddy, speaking of the Saints, Bill Barnwell threw out a trade idea. Two firsts, two seconds, and C.J. Gardner Johnson for Russell Wilson. Um, I, which, by the way, I part of me just wants to see it, just to see how they do the cap. I just, yeah. I want to see the cap push to its outer limits. This is like an experimental space mission where it's like someone's probably going to die. You know what I mean? But that's the Saints, though. Like the Saints every yeah. year is an experimental but space this is mission the, in capology. I can't wait. This is like white collar crime right in front of us <laughs> happening. Um, if you're the CX, do you do that? Quite this is a question uh, too. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why you need CJ Gardner Johnson. Like, you hey, are, he's good, and I actually really no, would no, love no, him I'm on my not, team. I'm not knocking him. I just, I guess, this to me seems like a rebuild situation and so i'm not knocking cj Gardner johnson like he is very good i love when he squared off with tom brady who's my hero in that moment (laughs) he's a hero a lot of us (laughs) yeah i guess i don't get i don't get why you toss him in but hey you take good players you take good players but uh two firsts so four firsts and four um seconds no no no. two firsts and two seconds oh i thought you said i thought you said for two years Okay, no, no. So one first each year. My, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, two first, two seconds. CJ Garner Johnson. Yeah, I mean, I'd absolutely take that. If I mean, he's leaving, <laughs> so I guess the only other mm-hmm. thing I do is is call uh, uh, Philly and see if you can get all three firsts that they have. But yeah, and Jalen. I'll yeah, take Jalen. And Jalen, exactly. And Jalen, or you call San Francisco and and try to if you like Trey Lance, try to get. Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo to keep that, try to keep Trey making Trey a run Trey now. Lance. Yeah, I'm just throwing things out there. So, yeah, if I'm the Saints, there's no reason mm-hmm. I don't do that because this defense, and then you have to figure out how to finagle some pass catchers down there mm-hmm. also. But you got an offensive line. You got one of the best backs in the league, and you have a great defense. You you get uh, you get Russell, and then maybe you can figure out a receiver who will come to, and you are – you're in business. So yeah, from the Saints perspective, absolutely. And from a Seahawks perspective, why not? I I, I talked about this on the Maze podcast and I was saying, you know, I think I I have a lot of questions about kind of Russell Wilson at this point in career. What, what are you going to get out of him? Whatever. But I think the Saints would be an excellent landing spot for him because I think that the biggest change uh, in Wilson's abilities that we've seen is elusiveness, right? Over the last really year and a half. And, I think playing behind a good offensive line for Sean Payton would be, they could be really, really good. And it would be, you know, stabbing That's him in the been heart. Like his, but. his chief concern his whole career has like been protection. And I think it also mm. would help to be with an offensive mind that he respects. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I think that would help a lot. Even if the offensive minds mm. are giving him good thoughts now, like it feels to me like he doesn't respect them and he doesn't appreciate the value that they can provide. And, 
And there's no arguing. Sean Payton, week after week, like, he does impressive things. Dude, <laughs> who's out here almost winning games with, uh, like, yeah, everyone. Hey, I got, they didn't almost <laughs> win with Ian Book. Okay, question three. Rams are playing the Ravens. Looks like Lamar Jackson's back. Do they have a chance? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, I, I guess that, the I only chance the they defense, have is, yeah. is Lamar yeah. going off. And Lamar hasn't been going off. And he's coming off from an injury. Like, Lamar has been mm. mediocre to mm. bad since before mm. his injury. And now he's coming off an injury. Like, I think the Ravens, we can celebrate what they have done this season because it's been a, a testament to resilience. Truly. But I, I think I think the, the magic is, is over. Okay, so the Niners are probably going to make it into the playoffs. They've got the Texans this week, and then they've got the Rams in the final week. I think mm, I actually did the playoff machine on this one. I think I'm kind of just spitballing here. I think they only need to win one, uh, but... I like that. Sounds good. Uh, Upshot says they have a 78% chance, so I'm going to trust him. Um, if Trey Lance plays well in week 17 and 18, and by well, I don't mean like phenomenal, blow your socks off, knock your socks mm. off well. I mean like the socks, when one toe comes out of the sock, which is gross. Um, do you think Kyle goes back to Jimmy in the playoffs? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I think he goes back to Jimmy. I, I mean, if if the Sox are still on, we're going back to Jimmy. I think there are there might be some packages for Trey. That's fine. But if if we're sockless after these next two weeks, then you don't go back. What if you get like what we saw from Justin Fields over the last few weeks? Go back to Jimmy. What would you do? Um, I'm a better offensive mind than Kyle Shanahan, so I'd go with <laughs> I'd go I'd go with Trey Lance, and I'd design some really effective running attacks and play oh, action. I hope he does, man. Freaking the socks want to come <laughs> no, off this week. Just, just this sounds so gross. All right, last question, as always, comes oh, from Lenny. Go. You know, Lenny's very online. He saw that at 8.36 a.m. Pacific, you tweeted, I have my regrets, and he wants to know if that is about your constant disrespect of him and his manhood. Doghood. It is. It is. I I feel bad about it because it's an immature thing for me to do, but um, I cannot consider Lenny a man because he's a dog, not a person. He's also basically a person. Lenny has his name on a podcast. How many podcasts do you have your name on? <laughs> I have my name on no podcast, but I also do not have a collar on with my name on that either. Oh, good though.